Tonight, dangerous. That's how former Republican Congresswoman Liz Cheney describes the new House Speaker Mike Johnson. Cheney wants sharing an adjoining office with Johnson on Capitol Hill, so she knows him. And it comes as CNN's Cape File has uncovered details about Johnson's history with a group that promoted gay conversion therapy, a long debunked theory that gay people could be made straight. Here is some of what he said in the past. It's time for an honest conversation about homosexuality. There's freedom to change if you want to. CNN uh, K-File, Andrew Kaczynski, is out front. So, uh, Andrew, that's, um, you know, pretty unambiguous. But what else did you find? Yeah, so for years, uh, Johnson worked with this group called Exodus International on an anti-gay event aimed at teens. Now, Exodus was a leader uh, in what was called the ex-gay movement. We talked a little bit about it in that intro where they claimed that you could essentially uh, change somebody's sexuality through counseling, uh, through prayer, they basically treated uh, being gay as a mental illness. Now, Johnson uh, and this group, when he was a attorney at this socially conservative organization called the Alliance Defense Fund, collaborated on this event called the Day of Truth. And this was actually in response to a, a pro-gay event called the Day of Silence. Um, it was to raise awareness about bullying uh, for gay teens. And then they launched this event the next day uh, in 2005, that was about basically they'd pass out cards. Uh, they would tell people uh, that you could change your sexual behavior. They pointed wow. teens to their website. And this had um, uh, links to Exodus's uh, uh, ministries. And we actually have some audio of Johnson talking about that event. Let's take a listen to it. Our race, the size of our feet, the color of our eyes, these are things we're born with and we cannot change. But what these, these adult advocacy groups like the Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network are promoting is a type of behavior. Homosexual behavior is something you do. It's not something that you are. Hmm. And I think we should note, too, that Exodus actually shut down in 2013. Their uh, founder issued a long apology apologizing for the hurt and pain that this sort of thing has caused. And we actually spoke to a former executive when we were working on this story, uh, and he said that this sort of thing was very damaging for, for gay teens. So what else did you find on Johnson's record on gay rights? So homosexuality was a very, uh, it was a topic that he talked about a lot. Uh, when that Lawrence v. Texas ruling came down in 2003, which threw out state sodomy laws, Johnson actually wrote to say that uh, he thought those laws should have stayed in place. He called homosexuality, uh, we reported last week, uh, inherently unnatural. He called it a dangerous lifestyle. Mm. Uh, he was very against same-sex marriage, and he actually said uh, it was going to bring down uh, democracy. And then he said people would be marrying their pets, uh, like goldfish, cats, things like that. Um, and he even shared this sort of odd pseudoscientific or historical theory that the Roman Empire fell because, because of homosexuality. Of homosexuality. Huh. Uh, and we have a clip of that as well. Many historians, those who are objective, would look back and, and, uh, and recognize and, and um, give some credit to the fall of Rome to not only the, the, the deprivation of the society and the, the loss of morals, but also to uh, the rampant you know, homosexual behavior uh, that was uh, condoned by the society. So we did reach out to Johnson's office. We asked about those clips. We asked, uh, is, does he still believe this stuff? Does he believe in conversion therapy? Uh, we didn't get a response from them. All right, Andrew, thank you very much. I appreciate it.
McKay file. And now I want to go to Democratic Congressman Ro Khanna of California. Congressman, you just heard uh, all of that. You heard those clips. Um, this is now the House Speaker. Uh, this is the person who is the Speaker of the House. Um, does it surprise you that someone who clearly has advocated these views is now the Speaker? It doesn't surprise me. They're obviously very extreme. They're wrong. They don't recognize the dignity of every American. Uh, and it's not what Americans believe. But look, there's a, an extreme wing of the Republican Party that is uh, determining who the Speaker is. And unfortunately, Speaker Johnson is beholden to them. The House just voted to kill Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene's censure of Representative Rashida Tlaib, a Palestinian American. Of course, Tlaib has taken a position on Israel. She supports a recent uh, pro-Palestinian protest at, at the Capitol. Uh, she was clear about that. Uh, you wondered how many Republicans would stand up to her right to free speech, as you see it. Twenty-three of them did. 186 voted to censure. But nonetheless, 23 of them did stand up for her. Are you surprised about that? Well, I uh, applaud their courage in standing up for the First Amendment. Look, I absolutely condemned what Hamas did and have stood up for Israel's right to defend itself and voted that way. But in a democracy, we should allow people to have different views. And Rashida Tlaib has a grandmother uh, who is in uh, Palestine. She has lived experience. She should be able to speak uh, out for her views, and if they're wrong or if she has misstatements, correct her, but don't mm -hmm. suppress her First Amendment speech. You were in New Hampshire today debating a Republican presidential candidate, Vivek Ramaswamy, and at one point, Congressman, you gave him an opportunity to retract a recent statement he made. Uh, his statement said that he would, quote, love nothing more, that's what he said, love nothing more than if IDF, the IDF put Hamas leaders' heads on stakes, okay? You, you, you gave him a chance to retract this. I want to play the exchange. Are you saying you want the Hamas leaders uh, on stakes and at the Gaza border? And I guess this is if where... Israel, if Israel wants to do that, they should be able to do it. Yeah, I, this is where I think we, we have a difference just in terms of leadership. If we were to put Hamas leaders on stakes, we're not we, would, doing we would all... If Israel were to do it, we should tell them absolutely not. Not just because they're violating yeah, the Geneva Convention, because... Already, Christopher Ray is saying there are heightened threats to Jewish Americans, Muslim Americans here. Why do we want to play the threat? Israel is an ally. What does that actually mean? You let an ally defend themselves as they deem fit. So he stands by it, heads on stakes. If you're an ally, you're an ally. You let an, an ally defend themselves as they deem fit. Why was it important to you to have this debate and conversation? Well, what I was trying to say there is look at President Obama when he got Osama bin Laden, he deposed of the remains in the sea. When you have this kind of inflammatory rhetoric, especially for someone who's running for president and in the top five, it puts all of us at risk. It heightens the terrorist threats that Christopher Ray is talking about to U.S. troops, to Jewish Americans, to Muslim Americans. And I was hoping to engage him in a civil conversation to show substantive differences and hopefully to persuade people that we need more rationality and prudence in foreign policy. Uh, and, and yet, of course, you've been very pro-Israel. Uh, you know, you, you, you don't support a, a ceasefire. Uh, you've had people demonstrating in front of your office saying that you should. Obviously, people like Rashida Tlaib, who are in your progressive caucus, do support that. You don't. Uh, your political director resigned over your, your stance on this. You've held firm. Why do you believe a ceasefire is wrong? Well, I'm where Bernie Sanders is. I'm where uh, many Jamie Raskin is, and that is in a humanitarian pause, that we need to 
have Israel's right to defend itself. Israel should be able to go after the Hamas perpetrators who have committed this heinous act. Any country would want to do that, but we need to value Palestinian lives. We can't have bombing that is going after civilians, innocent children and women. Now, it's hard because Hamas often has those civilians uh, in uh, military sites, but at the same time, we need extraordinary care. And right now, I'm saying let's have a humanitarian pause with food, water, electricity, which I'd say is the majority progressive position.